0: Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. Across from me is Nelson Gonzalez. It's nice to have you here again, um, but to actually record this time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do hope that people enjoyed the the separate conversation that we had, um, because what ended up happening in the interview one is I kept asking you questions about Venezuela, and so... Now we've talked a lot about Venezuela, yeah, <laughs> um, and people know that about us. So cool, um, but let's get to know you specifically. So, who are you? What do you do?
1: Um, let's see. That's a hard question. <laughs> but I am. I am a bass player. I play electric. I play upright bass. Um, I work as a gigging musician. Mm-hmm. I am kind of getting into the realm of being a composer and arranging yeah. stuff. You're wearing um,
0: a bass shirt. <laughs> I am wearing
1: a bass shirt. I didn't notice. I just grabbed the shirt and then I was like, oh, man, it's a shirt that says bass. That's so. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. But I am a UCO student and I am also the person in charge of Saint Session, which is pretty much a weekly jazz event. Heck yeah. <laughs> and I'll go further into it later.
0: Yeah. Um, so then how did you, all of these things seem to gravitate around music. Uh, how did you get started on music?
1: Man, uh, let's see. It goes all the way back into my (laughs)
0: childhood. But it is
1: kind of funny because it's like no one in my family is really a musician. Like, both my mom and my dad like, kind of like were into like the artistic when mm. into the arts when they were young like my mom used to sing for folk groups and stuff like that yeah my dad made did theater for a while mm-hmm. so but like none of them decided to choose a career and mm-hmm. the rest of my family they're all engineers i yeah. mean <laughs> we talked about that yeah so but my family always like loved music mm-hmm. so like we used to live in a house i was born in caracas but i spent the majority of my childhood in a small town called san joaquin mm-hmm. in the state of carabobo mm-hmm So, we had this, like, big house where we lived. My mom, my grandparents, my aunt, and my uncle. And we only had, like, one stereo, like, one big thing. So, like, they were always fighting to, like, put music all day. So, like, Mm -hmm. my grandparents was always into, like, folk kind of music. Mm -hmm. And then, like, my mom would be into, like, salsa and merengue. And, like, Mm -hmm. for some reason, my uncle was very, like, into, like, ska music and (laughs) reggae. And my aunt was, she was... At that time, she would have been, like, 16, 17. So, mm-hmm. she was through that, like, early 2000, like, American pop rock. Mm-hmm. So, she would always put, like, Backstreet Boys or Linkin Park. So, yeah. So, I kind of <laughs> grew up, like, with all of those you things, know, like.
0: Backstreet Boys and Linkin Park. <laughs> Go yeah, hand same, in hand. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. She also had, like, CDs of, like, System of a Down. So, it was yeah, just yeah. really funny. It would be, like, in sync, and then, like, ah, toxicity. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I grew up with, all like, all of those genres, like just playing constantly mm-hmm. and it's like i just grew up like liking all of them mm-hmm. and i was like very open-minded and i was like well what's actually going on mm-hmm. and i played the venezuelan cuatro when i was a kid but it's kind of like a how would you describe
0: it it's somewhere in between a, a guitar and a ukulele <laughs> <laughs> kind of It's like a big ukulele and the yeah, technique yeah. it's different but it's pretty much the same
1: yeah um so i grew up playing that then i had a rock face and i was like i want to play piano, like i don't know like the guy from dream theater or whatever but that didn't last long and then my dad like bought me a bass because in high school like i wanted to like play music but everyone Mm. played guitar and i was like man i am not gonna be (laughs) one of those and one of my friends his name was francisco he was like always annoying me he's like we have to have a band and he already played guitar so i was like man no not another not another guitarist. so he told me like well you can try bass and he just sent me like a bunch of like links and like Hotmail Messenger, Mm -hmm. that's how old I am, um, about like, I don't know, Flea from Red Hot Chili Pepper, Mm -hmm. and Cliff Burton from Metallica, and all those people, so I annoyed my dad to buy me a bass for Mm -hmm. my birthday, and then I started on bass,
0: and then... Do you still have that bass?
1: I did. I do. <laughs> it is it's a blue Squire Fender bass. Nice. A jazz bass. Man, it's pretty great. I love the bass. <laughs> I have a new bass that like it was like super expensive and whatever. And I love it, but there's some mm-hmm. things that I just grabbed that blue bass that it was probably yeah. like the equivalent of 250 bucks. Yeah. And I still grab it and it's like, man, this sounds amazing. I love
0: it. It's <laughs> the sound that you you know and you <laughs> <Yeah>. grew into. <laughs> um so what what kind of stuff were you playing with this uh early teenager band man i went from like
1: with that friend like we just played like metallica covers or whatever <laughs> and then i had another group of friends that we decided to have a deathcore band or something wow like that. Yeah. yeah but that didn't last long and then i had like a quote-unquote kind of reggae pop band wow. right after i graduated high school Mm-hmm. Um, we played a couple gigs But it was like We only had like four songs And we were yeah. like Man we need to like Do more than four songs like, And yeah, we never yeah. did <laughs> So, <laughs> so it was, those were Our four hits But yeah. It. And yeah After high school When I started studying music Was that like I discovered like jazz And all this stuff
0: and- mm-hmm. um, So Going back to that How did you uh, Get to the point To where I mean like you said Your parents engineers your whole family's engineers and so it's like how do you get to the point to where you're graduating high school and you're like i want to study music and not the thing that my parents are pressuring me into um how did you decide that and then how did they take it okay at first
1: it was like in in venezuela was interesting because like when i graduated high school i actually wanted to study was like be a sound engineer Mm -hmm. and like music production yeah because it's like one of my best friends, he was dating this girl that she was, like, really into, like, the music scene and whatever. Yeah. And, like, she told me about, like, master classes about music production that I had no idea. Like, mm. I didn't know. I don't, didn't knew anything about music production. But yeah. I still went. Mm. And I found that world pretty interesting. So I, I wanted to do that once mm. I graduated high school. But the only school that taught, like, music production and sound engineering and all that stuff mm. in Venezuela, you had to be, like, 18 years old yeah. like, to be, like quote-unquote an adult and when i graduated high school i was 16 yeah so they were like no we can't accept you and i was like what am i gonna do for two years like i'm not gonna like go and study a boring career for two years or Mm. like whatever and like my mom was happy with the sound engineer because the word engineer was on it yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that friend that who's dating that girl his name is rudy he he was Mm. gonna start studying music and i told my mom i was like well mom like i want to study sound engineer and i believe that if i have knowledge about music it will Mm. be easier yeah to be a sound engineer producer whatever so i converse convinced her and say like, hey can i start studying music <laughs> for a year and a half and once i turn 19 i start the sound mm-hmm. engineer career she was like okay, okay. yeah so and i started <laughs> on that and two years later i fell in love mm-hmm. with like music at that time i was like studying like music kind of like focused on like theory and like kind of like yeah. It wouldn't be music education, but it was, like, very, like, theory-oriented. So, yeah, I yeah. changed to another institute that mm. that focused on, like, jazz and performance. Mm-hmm. And then I just never went back to the sound engineer yeah. part, and <laughs> I just stayed there. And my mom just wanted me, like... My mom was, like, pretty open-minded, but my my, my mom and my dad. So, like, as long as I was, like, not flaky about what yeah, I yeah. wanted to do, they were, like, okay. Flo-ho. If you show, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I wasn't, like, responsible and, like, determined to do what I wanted, mm. because... I think I mentioned
0: we mentioned that on the on the other one that it Might like, have been. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as soon as you get flaky, we're gonna <laughs> smack you into engineering. Yeah. <laughs> um so you have all of those influences from when you were growing up, like Backstreet Boys, Lincoln Park, and then also like <laughs> Reggae, Ska, and like Salsa and stuff. What are your biggest influences now?
1: Man, it's it's complicated because it's like, the, I can like break it down in parts and be like influences in composers, influences and in players, mm-hmm. and just influences about even just Venezuelan musicians. Yeah. So like I can divide it in those threes. If like, if it's performers, bass players, there's people mm-hmm. like Christian McBride, that's mm-hmm. like this incredible upright bass player. Mm-hmm. Um. There's Scott Lafaro and Eddie Gomez who are the bass players for Bill Evans, who's an mm-hmm. amazing jazz piano. And people just look over. This, their trio stuff it's amazing yeah. it will change your life but <laughs> those kind of performers in kind of like the composing kind of side mm-hmm. i've been looking a lot into like the kind of contemporary jazz kind of deal both mm-hmm. for big ben and not yeah there's people like ben patterson and maria schneider that compose amazing stuff for big ben cool but there are also stuff like there's this trumpet player named ambrose Kimusier mm. that he makes a lot of like weird contemporary music like sweet Chamber music mm-hmm. with jazz, with rap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. I really That's like cool. that kind of vibe. And there's like this like new kind of thing coming out of Venezuelan musicians that it's not necessarily jazz. It might be pop, but the way mm-hmm. that you're just kind of like developing that sound, developing like Yeah, what we are, mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's defining ourselves like now that we have to compete in an international mar- market because mm-hmm. pretty much we all left Venezuela. So now we have to compete anywhere yeah, else. Yeah. It's just defining what, like, well, we don't we can't rely on the same mm-hmm. you know fan base from Venezuela that just yeah, love yeah. us because we were in Venezuela and we just happened to be popular. You know, like, we have mm-hmm. to define our style, our music, and
0: yeah. I don't know. It's- Can't quite be just big in Venezuela. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then, how, how do you think that... I don't think I asked this last time, but kind of, we talked about it, how the Venezuelan music makes its way into the stuff that you're making. How... How does that influence your stuff? <laughs>
1: it, there's like, it's unconscious and conscious at the same mm. time. Like there's sometimes that like, it just like happens. I'm not trying to do it. I'm trying to like write a swing chart or like something yeah. very like jazz, con- heavy, contemporary, abstract, mm. avant-garde. And just like happens to just come in and just, yeah, like, yeah. just there. And I was like, ha, okay. I can tell that that comes from something, mm-hmm. you know? um and sometimes there's times that i do it definitely like purpose. there's times like hey i want to write this tune in a specific like drum pattern that is an afro venezuela style yeah yeah. what i'm trying to do Mm -hmm. so it it, i think it's a an influence that you can't i can't take away from me yeah it's just deciding if i want to be obvious about it or not
0: Mm -hmm. um and then acknowledging the obvious uh you are not in venezuela you are here in oklahoma (laughs) yeah how did you get from there to here and still doing music
1: (laughs) man um let's see this the institute where i was studying i was already like i was a junior i was about to be a senior had this issue with the government and they had to close Mm because the government wanted like all of those private institutes if you were not like a big university Mm -hmm. you had to comply with certain rules and certain like Mm -hmm. um what will be the certain (laughs) trains of thoughts i don't know sure sure
0: yeah yeah so ideologies ideologies that's the term mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: obviously this place where i was like did not wanted to like yeah in. so they took away the like the fact that the your undergrad like your bachelor's mm-hmm. will be like recognized by the government mm-hmm. so like you can get a degree there but like mm-hmm. it would not mean anything you know yeah yeah so a lot of people just start dropping out and that led to the place to close yeah. and then i was just like well here i am yeah so my dad's been living here in in the u.s for like 20 years and in Oklahoma for like eight years now mm-hmm. um because well he got a second degree here blah blah blah, blah. he lived in Orlando, <laughs> moved here um making the long story kind of short <laughs> so my dad told me it's like hey well we can start the process and I had to do all the process go to yeah. all the embassies and deal with all the awkward interviews like are you a terrorist are you gonna like bomb <laughs> my country and it's like no sir I just want to study music okay cool
0: <laughs> yeah you could probably just be like Hey, do you know what a F sharp fully diminished seven <laughs> yeah. with a third in the bass is? And they were like, "All right, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Too nerd for yeah. yeah. For a third, for <laughs> All right, you're actually a musician. Shut <laughs> yeah. the hell up now." Uh, <laughs> yeah. So where? So did you end up? Like, why did you choose Oklahoma, other than just like, yeah, your dad was here. Like, is that pretty much?
1: I mean, partially. Yeah. Like, I like the idea of like. I don't know staying closer to my dad so mm-hmm. i don't know for personal reasons i never grew up that much with my dad so it's kind of like cool to have him now yeah and also because it was cheaper you know like yeah. my dad mm-hmm. like he, i have two brothers so my dad takes care of them so my dad doesn't really support me financially mm-hmm. so while i was living with him i live with him he lives in tulsa i lived two years with him in tulsa mm-hmm. so during that time i was pretty much i still had to work i still sometimes i had to help him pay yeah. rent and stuff like that yeah. you know i was just he was just providing me a house. Yeah, yeah. And You're that was fun. Man. Yeah, <laughs> and that was fun. I loved living with my dad, and I still love visiting him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I decided to stay in Oklahoma because I was like, well, I can try to be this the the stereotypical like foreigner purpose of going to Berkeley, but it's like I don't have eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, per exactly. <laughs> so and everywhere else, like I could get scholarships and stuff, but I was mm-hmm. like, I figured it would be easier.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, and then. Tulsa to UCO, how'd you make that transition?
1: Uh I was looking into college. Once I decided I was like, okay, I'm not gonna go to Berkeley or New School of Music. Right. I can't afford it. I was yeah. like, well, I need to look for places here and what can I do? Mm-hmm. So I talked to people like I started in Tulsa Community College. I did my first two years there. So I talked to people say, like, Hey, jazz programs, like this kind of degrees, what should I look to mm-hmm. into? They were like, Well, There's NSU, but, like, there's nothing in Tahlequah. And I was like, I can't (laughs) go there. They're like, there's OSU, which the program, it's okay, but I will still not convinced. Mm -hmm. Um, And
0: Stillwater is kind of out
1: there. uh, Yeah. (laughs) For a foreigner, Stillwater,
0: not a great place. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. It's like... (gasps) It's a farming town. Yeah. It's like,
1: (laughs) if you're not white, it's not... uh, Yeah. It's not fun. (laughs) But... So they told me about UCO. So I came and did a tour and all stuff. Mm-hmm. And man, I loved it. Like mm-hmm. just a few teachers that I got to meet. It was incredible. Yeah. And I really feel like comfortable with the place, discovering places like the jazz. Club. I was like, man, this is pretty much just a jazz, jazz club. But yeah, the university. And I was like, that was so cool. Yeah. And I just discover all the things that UCO had to offer. And I was like, I feel comfortable
0: here. I think this is yeah. the place. Yeah. How does that compare to the uh, music institute? that you had in venezuela
1: well it's like that music institute was a small music institute right so like i will take classes with like i don't know seven people you sure know? so like <laughs> yeah and like it's not like a campus it's just like a it's small it's kind of a, a house small building yeah. yeah it's like a small building that's kind of like a like a huge house but it's a small building <laughs> so there's like eight classrooms and that's it you know? mm. and someone in the secretary that just tells you oh yeah you know here's your schedule or you need to just talk to me you know (laughs) i'm the guy that does everything yeah yeah. that was just kind of the deal Mm -hmm. so it's kind of interesting to go in now like it's a university has a campus Mm -hmm. it's like hundreds of people
0: right well we kind of talked about in the last podcast that we did about how like the standards and quality are like different here how like (laughs) the us is kind of lazy um so is is the difference Like, do you see a difference in that with UCO? Um, In the music aspect? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Because Mm. it's like... The first place that I
1: I was studying in Venezuela, that it was called Ars Nova before the the other institute, that was called Escuela Itinerante de Musica. It's a long time. (laughs) So, like, the first one was very heavy on the theory. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you will not... Like, the last test will be, like, she will just sit you down and, like, put you, like, a... like three chords and you have to write a chord but you have it's timed, you know mm-hmm. like and some it would be just rigorous s- it would be really rigorous like if you could not like say what key mm-hmm. like you're you're in in like 10 seconds she will fail you she will be like you're not <laughs> you're not on the level to like mm-hmm. she will like take you have to take like a music fundamentals class. Mm-hmm. it's super hard because you have to learn how to read in all clefs yeah and just know how to like build chords just know how to sight read relatively mm-hmm. properly mm-hmm. so like it was really rigorous so like yeah. sometimes i get here and it's like i know that it depends on the person because there's people that, that are extremely talented mm-hmm. but then you go to there's certain things that you go to like music theory for and there's always that guy that's like i still doesn't know what key you're in and it's like yeah eh, man like in venezuela they this <laughs> yeah in venezuela like you would like yeah yeah, yeah. there <laughs> will be people that will be kicked out of the institute mm-hmm. like for two semester you can Make it, you're out. Like, yeah, i are not yeah. gonna let you in. That's it. Mm.
0: So, yeah. Um, and then what about just like jazz in general? Uh, <laughs> well, I that
1: w- in that aspect, I do say like obviously like jazz is like an American thing, so yeah. it's it's easier, it's not na- more natural here than over mm. there, than over there. Obviously, I had great teachers. Like most of the people that's, that that like taught in my institute were people mm. that got out from like New School Music, mm. Berkeley. Oh, I forgot some another school. I think Manhattan School of music, mm-hmm. and there was another guy that studied. I can't remember Juilliard or something, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So like they were all like heavily trained yeah, in jazz, yeah. and they were pretty good. But like you know, like for people, it's not that easy. Like the swing, mm-hmm. the swing eight note. It's not super yeah, yeah natural for us. So it will take time, mm-hmm. but
0: yeah. Um, all right, going into, um, what. Do you write about, if that is even, since you're writing more like tunes rather than songs, yeah. um do you even like write about things? <laughs> yes and
1: no. Like there are certain tunes that they just like, they just come out and then I just put a title that I just like. I always try to like, I always have a lot of fun with titles for mm-hmm. the tunes because I always try to like, give them a meaning. Mm-hmm. Whether the meaning is just a kind of like a funny meaning or something sure, sure. just that it's like something just mildly relevant in my life mm-hmm. to Like something that it's important mm-hmm. F- to put examples. Like I wrote a tune that I was like, it's just a funny blues that I wrote kind of like in the Delonious monk kind of style because it's mm-hmm. super disjunctive. Mm-hmm. And I just dedicated it to like my parrot. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I had a parrot in Venezuela named Rachel. So I just dedicated nice. that blues to Rachel. So it's cool. Um, but then I played a, a tune, this last combo concert that I brought that it's called Chromo Interference. Mm-hmm. That Chromo Interference is a piece of artwork that it's in the, In the airport of, in Caracas, Venezuela The Mm. Simon Bolivar airport Mm. That is like in the floor So people Mm. argue that that's like the last thing That Mm. you see from Venezuela whenever you leave So it's kind of like, people a lot of like People make like a lot of poetry about that thing That it's kind of like, well, it's very nostalgic For us to think about that piece in particular Because that means you're leaving and you might not come back Yeah. So like, that tune was based on that Mm. So that kind of stuff So
0: Yeah (laughs) Um, Do you write songs with words i do not i've been wanting to but like i've that's one of the things that i do feel like really self-conscious about Mm -hmm. so um and then tell me about saints how'd you get into that (laughs)
1: let's see um i discovered what saints was um because when I was still in Tulsa Community College, there's this trumpet player, like amazing trumpet player named Bishop Marsh, hmm. um, who like he plays like a professional and he's only like twenty years old. Like he's crazy. It's <laughs> absolutely insane. Um, if you can go listen to him, sure just go. He's actually playing at the end of this month. Insane. Whoa, okay, yeah. <laughs> but he will always like he didn't even have a car, so he would like just Grab one of those Greyhound buses and just come to Saints Session. Wow. And he will tell me, like, man, there's this place called Saints that does this event named Saint Session, and a lot of good players performing in mm-hmm. that and stuff like that. And he will always be talking about that. And at that time, mm-hmm. I didn't know. So once I moved here to UCO, someone told me about Saint Session. I was like, oh, that's that event that this yeah, guy yeah. was talking about. So I went down and just like he said, like, there's a lot of great players performing yeah. there. Like, the, the event is really fun, the venue is really great. And I was like, nice. Um, then like a year after that happened, I started working with Christian Pearson, primarily for like gigs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a show there, Mm -hmm. I think it was September 5th of last year, if I remember Mm -hmm. correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, and then me and Christian was just started talking, like my degree is actually in arts administration. I'm not a music major. So Mm -hmm. like, he was kind of like, oh, okay. So you like, you like that part, like administration, management and stuff like that. Um, and at one point, like he asked me for like if i could help him a little bit so i started helping with like the door Mm -hmm. just maybe finding some people to play Mm -hmm. until one point like christian was kind of like well i need to focus on other stuff to Mm -hmm. build okay sessions like all the stuff that he's doing is incredible yeah it's getting huge it's (laughs) it's huge it's like amazing like i admire that guy so he needed a little bit like more space to take care of like the other bigger stuff Mm -hmm. and at the end he was kind of like hey do you mind if you actually can like dedicate your time was actually specifically Mm -hmm. to saint session to like and I obviously said yes, and I was really happy about yeah. it. And
0: it's an incredible project; like, I really like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, are you finding it hard to get enough people, or is it is there just a surprising abundance of jazz musicians that we didn't know about? <laughs> you mean to find people to book, or find yeah, people- yeah, to, to book?
1: I mean, not. I there's a lot of jazz musicians mm. here. Sometimes it's hard to find, like do people that want to play like new music because that's the purpose of what i want to give to saint sessions mm-hmm. is i want people to like this be like a safe space for mm-hmm. you to like bring your weird tunes bring the tunes that you're not gonna play on the corporate gigs yeah you know bring your music express yourself and stuff mm-hmm. like that so there's some things that are like i get people and they just get there and just call standards and it still sounds amazing and i mm-hmm. love it they're amazing players but it's just kind of like i would prefer like to like explore your like musicality in this place it's not a
0: corporate gig you're not playing right i would
1: prefer if it's not this is not another background
0: gig yeah especially because it happens every week yeah you want to hear something cool every week yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) so but there's a lot of players here and there's a lot of people doing really cool stuff Mm -hmm. like last
1: week i featured uh a group from osu like Mm -hmm. they're like some of them are still students some of them already graduated um and they were incredible like half of those players i didn't knew them and i was Mm -hmm. just like man like the skies are amazing. Yeah. Where
0: the heck were you? <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you have like a goal for what you want Saint Sessions to become? Um, eventually, I would like to be.
1: Uh, it's to fulfill the void that like OKC doesn't have a jazz club. Mm-hmm. Because in this case, I can't. I cannot fully do that because this is not like a club dedicated to that. This sure, is not my sure. venue. This is just a venue that, like gives me a space every week to do sure. this event but i feel that like there needs to be a good jazz environment in okc yeah. just like there's duet in tulsa that like brings all this big artists and it's mm-hmm. like amazing and it's dedicated to that mm-hmm. i feel that saints could potentially become that yeah but, like it's a lot of work focusing on like you know promotion mm-hmm. um trying to see if i can get people to like uh sponsor this to get more mm-hmm. money for the
0: bands and stuff like that so yeah um yeah tell me about arts administration we talk so much about music but then making the music happen is just as if not even more important than playing the music yeah
1: <laughs> man it's like i remember like i met this guy one time that he lives in spain that like he was a guitar player and whatever it was one of those master classes that i told you that i just mm-hmm. went and he said that, like, he pretty much, like, he studied music, so he was a guitar player. But, like, mm-hmm. he focused on, like, working for a studio, booking for a studio, and mm-hmm. managing, like, the studio time. Yeah. So, like, he will, like, put down, like, the calendar. Like, here's the bands. Here are the time slots. He will mm-hmm. make the budget for the band. He will yeah. make the budget for, like, the studio and, like, prep it all. And the cool thing was, like, he was still a musician. So, sometimes, like, if he needed to, like, find the musicians, he will, like, include himself yeah. in the budget. he's like, I'm a guitar player. I can record your album, too. Yeah. So, like... It was, like, pretty interesting that he would mm. do that job. And I found that so interesting, finding that mm. balance between, like, managing budgets, taking care of, like, what needs to be done for, like, an yeah. album to be recorded, but also still, like, record the albums, yeah, play yeah. with the artists and stuff like that. So, that kind of inspired me. Like, my mom is really huge into, like, administration and stuff like that, even though she's an mm-hmm. engineer, but she got <laughs> yeah. a master's in, like, I forgot the name, something about administrations. Sure, sure. Like, business administration, I guess? It has Might a been. long time, yeah, yeah. but... Mm-hmm. um. So my mom was always good with that. I always like admired her the way that she planned things, the way that she yeah, she yeah. was just really organized. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I feel that like I can bring more to like a music scene mm-hmm. by doing more things than just playing and writing yeah, music. Yeah. You know, and I love to play and I, I love to write music and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I feel that they could I could bring something else.
0: Mm-hmm. What's what are the challenges that people wouldn't normally consider or think about that like? Or even especially whenever you getting into this, it's like, I didn't realize that this is, that this was going to be such a hard aspect of this. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Man, finding money for music, it's mm. really hard. It's really hard to convince people, like convince sponsors, convince venues, convince mm. things it's like, Hey, we're trying to grow like a art scene, a music scene, a mm. jazz scene or like anything. You're just like in, in the OKC area and the OK. In the city, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like we need sometimes help, you know, mm-hmm. and it's hard for some people to understand to understand mm-hmm. because they sometimes don't get it. And like in the jazz aspect, it happens because people think that just just background music. Because most of the time, mm-hmm. the right, jazz gigs are just corporate gigs. Like yeah, some people play us to play in a party and be furniture jazz. But yeah, the like, <laughs> Rucker came with the term, and it's perfect.
0: Yeah, just yeah, in a corner
1: room we just uh, just furniture that yeah. happens to play.
0: Right, you might as well just. Put a record on, or just (laughs) play Spotify. But hey, we're we've got money to throw in the direction, so let's have real humans do it,
1: (laughs) and it's fun. But it's it's really hard to convince people, especially for something like this. Is not music that it's gonna be for like background or for people dancing. You know, it's just like this is creation. You know, we're like giving Mm -hmm. the opportunity to artists to like create something. Yeah, and I feel that like that just helps an art scene. That just helps a city develop. Mm Just like any other form of art, but mm-hmm. man, sometimes it's rough. Because yeah. people are like, Oh yeah, I'll put money. It's like, aren't like ten bucks for each musician okay? And I was like, No, that's,
0: that's not. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah how much time it takes to do this thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so kind of more broader philosophical questions about music. Um wait, real quick, two things before getting to those. Um, what is the goal of your career? Like Pie in the sky goal I guess <laughs>
1: And Be able First of all I can see I can say like The simple kind of Part of the goal That will be Eventually Not have to depend On Playing just All the gigs That I can find To mm-hmm. survive Eventually yeah. Be able to like Have a job In music Especially in the In the management part mm-hmm. That I feel that I am give, Giving something To the scene Giving mm-hmm. something To the musicians That have taught yeah. me So much and and benefit from it both like in a monetary way and more artistically. Mm-hmm. So I want eventually to just dedicate to that part because I love the the the, yeah. the part of just giving the opportunity to people to create and then they come up with something incredible. You know, yeah, just like that. I don't know for some reason that really makes me
0: yeah yeah happy. You know, you don't necessarily have to be the one to create it for yeah. it to make you happy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the end goal is just just that becoming. And in and not an important figure because I don't want people to know me necessarily. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be famous or anything. It's just the part of like being able to through effort or whatever connections, like mm-hmm. open up a, a a very safe environment for arts, for music, mm-hmm. for jazz music particularly, mm-hmm. but like can be for anything. Yeah. In which artists could be recognized, could get Mm -hmm. Paid decent money for what they do. Be recognized as someone that puts an effort into doing something. Mm -hmm. So.
0: Yeah. Um, No, that sounds awesome. (laughs) And then um, what's a musical hurdle that you've gotten over in the past? And what's something that you're still working on?
1: Hurdle? Like
0: (laughs) something like was a, a difficult challenge that you uh faced as you were getting better at music and so something that you've uh that has been a challenge that you've overcome and then another thing that is a challenge that you're still
1: working Um, on that i have quote-unquote overcome man playing upright bass like (laughs) i've only played upright bass for like it will kind of be three years now Mm -hmm. i think it will be yeah it should be three years now but i only played electric when i was in venezuela like i learned mm. all the like the basics of jazz and stuff in electric and then when i got here to the u.s people were like yeah you can't just go pursue a career in music as mm. an electric bass player you have to play upright yeah and that was pretty terrifying because <laughs> i had no idea so when i was in Tulsa community college in my first semester i didn't have a car so i would just go there like at 7 30 a.m and leave like at 8 p.m yeah and like take all my classes and stuff at all my breaks i would just go and practice with the upright like mm-hmm. Two, three hours day. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it was rough because it's yeah. like in electric, I already felt comfortable that I was getting somewhere. Mm. Um, but with the upright, it's just like ground zero. Like you still know like the distribution of the notes. Mm-hmm. I still knew like what to play, especially yeah, yeah. jazz, because now the, the sound of the upright is what I was trying to look for. Yeah. Because in electric, you, quite, you never quite get it. Yeah. But... The technique part was so terrifying. I was mm-hmm. like, "Man, like I don't know how to make this sound. I don't know how to make this sound good." Like mm-hmm. my hand hurts, you know. <laughs> yeah. my body hurts. So like I have to stand <laughs> up, and what do you mean I can't have a chair? I mean, you can sit on a stool for an upright. Yeah, but, you a really tall stool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it was really hard, and I feel that like my efforts and being so stressed out about it actually mm. led to something. Yeah, like, I perform gigs. I am playing with the UCO. Top jazz ensemble, mm-hmm. and like I've been to places like China. We're gonna go to Switzerland. Yeah, we're playing in the Gen Jazz Conference in Reno, Nevada. You know, we've done mm-hmm. all these things, and it's like wow! Like I could not play this instrument three years ago, and now I'm yeah. doing this, and I am kind of proud of myself for doing that. And it it's was rough. It was hard. I cannot say that it was like ah, oh, it was easy. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, and. But I will say that the thing that I'm still struggling with is, like, the classical part of the instrument. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't... Gr- even though that I grew up with, like, multiple genres and stuff, classical mm-hmm. was definitely not one of those. Yeah. So, like, the my... I don't have an intuition for classical music. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really, like... I'm starting to listen to it, but mm-hmm. it's still kind of hard. So, like, yeah. developing that part that, like, the bow is an extension of my hand, it still mm-hmm. takes time. I've got better, but, like, I will still not play a classical. Yeah. Like, at all.
0: <laughs> like, don't call me for that. <laughs> right. Are the calluses on your right hand harder than the calluses on your left hand? Man, I don't know anymore. I think at one
1: point, like you don't get calluses, it's just like your fingers could just get really hard. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's, like, it's really strange. Like your skin is just Yeah, just
0: eventually just like flaking it off every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh sorry if that scares people away who wanna learn a string instrument, but like, like yep, calluses, man. it's part of the thing. Yeah, it's part of it. Um okay. Uh. what contributes to a successful artist or musician
1: mm-hmm. man, being humble, I'll say besides mm. that, because I don't believe in talent necessarily. there are people that are kind of like gifted mm-hmm. and they they just like they just get things incredibly mm-hmm. easy and fast and stuff, sure. but it's also relying on the first of all being humble to like understand what you can do and what you should do about it, mm-hmm. because if you had the innate ability to do it, you like. You should be honest with yourself and define, well, well am I going to exploit that and be mm-hmm. even better than what I could be? Mm-hmm. Or just do something else. Because there's people that are just talented that decide not to pursue music. That happens, you know? Yeah. But most of the people like that are successful,
0: they mm-hmm. were not
1: talented at one mm-hmm. point, you know? Like, there's a lot of people that they were just like, oh, I was not the best piano player. It took me, like, three years to figure it out. Yeah. And then they're, like, one of the best piano players in the world. Mm-hmm. So just putting the effort it's just having dedication it's just there's a lot of factors that Mm -hmm. that leads to that primarily it's just that dedication just be focused on what Mm -hmm. you want to do have an idea of what you want to do i Mm -hmm. think that's a big issue in in musicians is that yeah we find out all this kind of paths that we can take like i can be an arranging composer for video games or for movies or i can just be a great performer or i can be a teacher or i can like there's like this bajillion paths yeah you can find and sit down and define what you want to do you can always take that class about compose composition for video games or you can always take the class for like jazz Mm -hmm. and advanced improv another day you know focus on something be good at it develop it
0: and then, yeah, you know, explore yourself. Damn, freaking at me next time. Uh, <laughs> uh, you just like described me. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, do you separate art from the artist? Can't remember if I asked you this last time. No,
1: man. <laughs> it is. It's really, that's really that's a tough question because just like there's so many artists that like they're in, like they're. All the things that they do is so amazing, mm. but they're jerks or they're not really good people. Yeah, yeah. And it's it is really hard. Miles like, Davis. <laughs> Miles Davis was a jerk. Like, he was an amazing musician, but he was a jerk. Mm-hmm. There's all those examples of this. Like, people are going to hate me for what I'm about to say. But, like, there's examples of people like Winton or Branford Marsalis. Mm-hmm. They're, like, huge figures. I love their music. They're mm-hmm. incredibly huge figures. But they're so close-minded that, like, mm-hmm. they kind of, like, tear down, yeah. like, what they tried to build for the longest time. Mm-hmm. So, like... So, I don't know. Um, and, I mean, there's people that actually have committed crimes and stuff. So... <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to, but at the same time, I don't want to. If yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Because like, there's some times that are just like... Man, Miles Davis was such a great figure, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like... You can't deny that. Yeah. So... And... He changed music, we like it or not. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes in certain aspects I believe that it's important to recognize w- what they did mm. and what they it brought for like and this is for all kinds of art, you know, what those persons mm. have brought to the table. Yeah. And, and it's important to recognize that, but never forget that like certain there was still yeah. Some bad stuff in there too. <laughs> I always remember the example of Oasis that like there's such a like a cute band and stuff like yeah. that. And then they're just complete they're jerks. Just the worst. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs>
0: um yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> um, um why music and not anything else? Why not become an engineer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, there's something that like. This is a question that, like, I actually ask to
1: a lot of people. It's like, why? Why, why did we choose this? You know, that, yeah. those moments in the semester that you just stress because you have three recitals and concerts and tests. Yeah, and stuff yeah. And you're like, why did we choose this? Why? Yeah. Um, I think it's because we just felt that we couldn't do anything else. Like, mm-hmm. there's something that just calls us. And it was like, we, oh, I have to do, to yeah. do this. Yeah. It's like, otherwise my life is gonna lost meaning, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. It just <laughs> calls you. I don't know why. It's just like, ah, okay, I'll do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we die otherwise. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, what's something that people don't normally know about you?
1: Man, <laughs> I don't know. Because um, I feel that I'm a pretty like open person, but mm-hmm. then like my girlfriend says that sometimes I like, come out as mysterious, and I'm like, why?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I try to not to, but okay. It's because of the accent. I it's guess. Like, oh, he's four and he's mysterious.
1: <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I guess I could say that I I like A lot of other sty- styles of music That are not jazz so people sometimes don't think about That so mm-hmm. sometimes I start to like talking About I don't know Oasis Or yeah. then I go to like bands like like Metal bands like Lamb of God or Mastodon mm-hmm. and, and then I go to like reggae and it's like I love Bob Marley and then I know I love a lot of like Latin American music mm-hmm. And whether it's folk And traditional music or it's Just pop music and yeah. stuff like that So like
0: sometimes people don't know that i have all this knowledge about a bunch of other things yeah um and it's better that way because you can't just oh i'm a jazz guy and that's it (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) and i don't know other aspects like personality wise and stuff like that i do sometimes come out as really serious and like i am not (laughs) i am like i am super super goofy person i think it's just because for the longest time the transition between spanish to english Mm. you somehow have to develop like a uh different kind of your own personality mm-hmm. because i feel that i'm a different person when i speak spanish you want to speak english yeah i think that's that will be a, a thing to say it's like most people are never gonna know me from my spanish spanish yeah inside, yeah you know because i have a different kind of humor a different way that i laugh about yeah, things yeah. and stuff so like mm-hmm. that is a part that a lot of people don't get to know and mm-hmm. just like i don't know my girlfriend whenever i'm talking on the phone she was like that's really weird I never heard you like act like that and it's yeah. It just happens, you know. Yeah. Like that's just a, an aspect of my life. That's,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, there was um, Chris Ryan has a podcast, wrote some books. Um, but he talked about how a similar thing. Whenever he would watch uh, a girlfriend they used to have, uh, on the phone, he would like notice her mannerisms would change whenever she would speak in a different language. And there's there's something about like how, like almost even comparing it to like do you know about dissociative identity disorder? No. Uh, it's quite. like multiple personality oh, disorder. Yeah. yeah yeah. Um it's like almost in that realm yeah. where you almost like physically change uh, or like mentally change your personality whenever you code switch. Um but yeah, that's a different thought. <laughs> yeah. We can go in at that rabbit hole for like right three, right 3 hours. Um What advice do you have for musicians starting out?
1: Man, don't give up. Like this might be harsh, but it's like your first tunes might suck, your first Mm -hmm. gig might suck, your first recital might suck, you know? Mm. And that's just gonna happen, you know. That's just how you get better. Just don't give up. Just like Mm. understand that there's people that like man, I put myself as an example. Like I've never Mm. been a fast learner. When I was like in that like in that institute in venezuela i actually felt solfitch twice because mm. i could not get it you yeah. know and i was always frustrated that my best friend that was a drummer like yeah. passed the class with an a immediately yeah. and i was like ah, why can i not get it like <laughs> yeah. i play a harmonic instrument whatever i'm like mm-hmm. always thinking about chords and stuff all day you know so like it's yeah, just yeah. a dedication just like try to get better just practice just and I know that it's sometimes it's hard to practice. I know that sometimes it's like that you kind of like don't feel the motivation. But you're going somewhere. It's mm-hmm. hard for a person to see yourself and be like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. Or like, oh, I've changed, I've got better because sometimes you don't see it, but other mm-hmm. people do see it. Yeah. So like sometimes things like recording yourself for a while like shows that. Yeah. So I will advise that. I will advise explore all kinds of music. Mm-hmm. Compose anything that you want. It doesn't matter if it has one chord or 300 chords Yeah Just experiment with it Just mm-hmm. listen to new music Transcribe a lot Whether it, I feel that that's a thing That like Not even If you're not a jazz musician You can do it too You know mm-hmm. You just play riffs From other bands Yeah Just play drum grooves From like other bands And yes. you just get That language into you mm-hmm. And eventually You
0: yourself It's gonna come out You know Yeah With all of those Things added Sweet Navigating away from music Um Okay. Yeah. God indeed yeah. What is the, re- the role of spirituality or religion in your life? Let's see I have to start with like this
1: story or my
0: background um, yeah. As a
1: Venezuelan and we talked about this It's like mm-hmm. I'm a Catholic Or at least I grew up Catholic Yeah Because everyone in Venezuela is just Catholic Yeah Um. So <laughs> Or at least pretends to be Or at least pretends to be Yeah <laughs> And so But my way to connect with spirituality was really interesting because I will say that my grandma was a very important figure, my great grandma, my grandma, because especially my grandma, my grandma was like a really tough woman. Yeah. And she was always kind of like she like didn't trust a lot like churches and people that like work directly <laughs> with <laughs> the church and stuff. she like doesn't trust a lot of people. Like my grandma is very tough. Like, you know, yeah. you, have, you always have to like stand your ground. Don't trust in everyone, you know, <laughs> And like, man, I love my grandma. So, she was always kind of like, you can trust Jesus, but you don't have to trust the church. Like, don't do it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to trust those people if you don't want to. Huh. So, I really admire that part of her. I really, that made me question question a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And made me understand the role of, like, my, the things that I believed in, the things that I stopped believing, and the things that I then I started believing again, yeah, or yeah. whatever. They're more a role of, like culture they're my family they're my background there's like some sort of comfort to it Mm -hmm. like my great-grandma taught me how to pray when i was like two years old like i don't even remember him teaching me that but i still remember all the Mm -hmm. words and stuff and i take it more like not in the religious aspect as more of something that connects me with my family with my culture Mm -hmm. with just what made me be who i am yeah you know so like i don't go to church i don't really believe in established religion at all like so i don't necessarily you know i don't i don't necessarily pray for the reasons that people mm-hmm. pray necessarily it's just yeah. kind of like my kind of it's kind of like a way to meditate and connect yeah with yeah them. i don't know <laughs> the <laughs> things that i don't know made me happy make sure. me happy so. yeah
0: then what is your definition of god
1: man c- going back to like my grandma and like also my mom influenced me in this kind of like they believe more than like that god is not necessarily this like giant guy in the sky just like mm-hmm. ah you can't do this or you should do that or whatever mm-hmm. you know it's more like god is all the good things mm-hmm. that happen in the world god is love god is like that in humans that leads you to like help others help mm-hmm. yourself take care of you know yeah it's just all the good feeling it's all the I will say love. Like my mom will always tell me, like God is love. Yeah. And like on the other side of the coin, it's just like the quote unquote devil. Instead of being this like bad guy underground, that's like ah I do this. It's yeah. more like all the bad things mm-hmm. that we humans have. That the decision of like yell at someone, the decision mm-hmm. of being um doing bad things to other people, the decision mm-hmm. to being selfish, the deci- decision of being. Can go all the way into like ah uh, being racist, being discriminated, mm-hmm. discriminate people, you know those
0: sort mm-hmm. things are the devil not
1: not an imaginary guy
0: yeah, um and those influences of talking about decisions uh is free will an illusion <sighs> and or why
1: <laughs> I believe that like we do have free will, just people have it harder than others, <laughs> it's just because like you grew up in a certain way, you grew up in environments that leads you to take certain decisions, see some mm-hmm. things, believe some things, so mm-hmm. whatever. And that could be really like, like stuck in your head, you know? Yeah. Someone that like, someone that grew up in a racist household doesn't have to be racist, but mm-hmm. probably for a while will would be hard to like, be like, oh, I want to get out of this, you know? Mm-hmm. But like my mom told me this, but like, I have to break from that. Yeah. So like, you have the decision to to be, okay, you know, Mm -hmm. i'm gonna think different yeah it's just like all the people that have terrible lives might do terrible decisions but they right in the moment before making terrible decisions they can decide not to you know this is really hard you know because everything has pushed you to that end yeah but at the end you
0: you choose yeah you decide not to do it
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um since you are not necessarily religious um how do you determine what good behavior is? Hmm.
1: And that is a hard question because <laughs> morals and stuff and ethics are like relative. <laughs> we go into like very philosophical terms. That's the point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I always base on things based on on like acceptance and love. Mm-hmm. You know, just love people, just be acceptance of yeah. what they do. Just don't hurt others. Just don't hurt yourself. Mm-hmm and be forgiving those are just kind of like the main factors Mm -hmm. that like cannot that i feel that they're more pure Mm -hmm. you know and those teachings might come from like my catholic background and sometimes just by logic and things that i've experienced in life that makes me think that it's kind of like man there's people that have done terrible things but like if you just i just get mad at them if i'm just angry at them if i Mm -hmm. just hate them that just continues a cycle of hate and it's like yeah you know just accepting, just forgiving that person. They might do yeah. it again. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's bad people out there. But understanding that I have to, I don't have to connect with that. I don't have to like. They don't have to get hurt. I don't have to hurt myself because of them. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Guy. No, I like that. Um, how do we reduce the division?
1: Man just accepting like accepting that people are going to be different accepting Mm. that you might be wrong well you said that would you always say that it's like (laughs) accepting that like maybe my truth is not the real truth but it's it's it is for me you know Mm -hmm. like if you're a really religious person and that's what you think it's right and that's what's for you that's what's for you and that's going to be right for you but not Mm -hmm. for other people yeah um so just accepting that other people are going to be different and that Mm -hmm. you know that's just how it is no one can be the same no one can follow the same religion like idea ideologies whatever dress the same act the same look the same yeah
0: exactly and that's a good thing yeah (laughs) um this one's interesting given our perspective but uh how do you live with or against the selfishness that pervades american culture
1: man it is rough because i think and I can, it could go either way. Like In a Latin American culture, everything is based on kind of like help your friends, help your people that like you, and even help the people that you don't know. You know, yeah. That is just a thing that happens naturally. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that leads, ultimately, sometimes it leads to corruption. Sometimes it leads mm-hmm. to like, hey, dude, you're the guard in this concert that I want to go. Could you just let me in? And yeah. people just go in for free. And then that tears down like the business. And then yeah, no yeah. one can bring an artist. So it has its downsides. Sure, sure. But everything is based on to like, you feel sympathetic for the other person mm-hmm. and you decide to help. And sometimes the mistake is that you don't know that like what you're helping actually brings consequences. Sure. Sure. It's not good. But it is that people like kind of helps each other. There's not that I, and I feel that American culture is v- based on the ideology of the self-made man. That it's yeah. kind of like, if I work hard and just me, you yeah. know, I can be rich and happy, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, you didn't help me. So screw you. You'd like, yeah. And that comes with like, just, People naturally, they're like, oh, yeah. why do I have to like pay money for other people to be happy? They can just <laughs> do them themselves, you know? Ah. So, yeah. like, I feel that, like, even people can be as open minded or close in minded. I feel that that's still a thing that's very part of the American culture. That it's mm-hmm. like, I worked for this, it's just for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but then how do you interact with that? <laughs> Man, just trying to, like, I feel that instead of trying to change them, like, being like, oh, you have to, like, open your mind to like this it's just kind of like showing how i do things mm-hmm. and some people respond really nicely to it and some mm-hmm. people don't <laughs> some people are like i've had people like i worked for a while in a starbucks because i just quit finally wow <laughs> i got a better job um <laughs> but like there will be people that sometimes i will like give them a drink for free because it could be because like i don't know the machine was not working and i didn't mm-hmm. feel like fixing like the computer to like make them pay yeah yeah or there will be just times that, like man this personal super nice to me everyone mm-hmm. has been a jerk to me lately so like yeah. let me just give them for free and people will be like no i want to pay for it it's like but i just want to give you sure, the sure. drink for free yeah, yeah. i actually had a lady that she was like no i want to pay for it And i was like, sure okay yeah it's okay <laughs> you know but uh, it's always showing that compassion to people that mm-hmm. like that sometimes people find it like interesting like wow yeah. like i know i didn't expect that and sometimes then i mm-hmm. think that creates more cha- change change yeah, than yeah.
0: just ah you have to be like this so yeah and also the massive corporation that is starbucks i think can take a few free drinks (laughs) here and there so (laughs) yeah i think you're good (laughs) um what are you optimistic about for our future
1: you mean as a country or as people or um
0: yes however you want to take that (laughs) um
1: i think people think that like we live like we always like especially like now with like media and everything we think that we live like the worst time ever yeah like like, everything's wrong it's like i feel that like before it was way worse we just didn't knew what was going on yeah because you couldn't just check your cell phone and be like what's going on in singapore you know like no you're just like in your home and it's like if it appears in the newspaper it appears and if it doesn't it doesn't so i feel that people is getting better people is getting nicer people are like the world is getting more diverse and open minded. And I feel that eventually we're gonna get to a point that we just accept whoever. Yeah. However, you know, just do you and do whatever you want, you know. Mm-hmm. As long as it like there are certain there should always be like a slight amount of rules. Yeah, to, yeah. like, you know, morals, ethics, whatever. But I feel that eventually we're gonna get to the point that like we can accept people, we can, you know, yeah. I feel that mm-hmm. extremists always happen, bad people is always gonna exist, but there's like they're just getting smaller
0: and smaller. Yeah. they groups. Yeah. I like that. That makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um do you believe that humans are evil by nature? I don't think people are either evil or good by nature. Mm-hmm.
1: They just they just decide to like kinda like how I explain like all this decisions and all this life pushes you to somewhere and then you decide if you're going to do it or not. I think yeah. the problem is whenever tr- someone truly becomes evil, it's whenever you find satisfaction in actually making someone else miserable. Yeah. That's when it gets an issue. Then like, you find that like, the only way to make yourself happy, and because you're, in, I think we're all in like that pursuit of like what makes us feel good, what makes us mm-hmm. happy. Some people like to eat ice cream. Some people like to do good things for others. Some yeah. people just like to watch Netflix. And some people just like other ones to be miserable. Yeah. <laughs> and and it happens, you know, and it's terrible. And I wish those people didn't exist, but they do. Mm. So that is when someone truly becomes evil, but not yeah, yeah. not necessarily. They grew up. Not it's not that they were in, by nature like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of the things that make you happy, um, you're just like teeing me up with these segues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, that's a good thing. Oh, okay. Um, what makes you content?
1: Um. I think the f- the feeling, the fact that, like, I was always scared then when I left Venezuela. It's just, like, never being able to, like, connect mm-hmm. with, like, people here, like, the American culture or mm. whatever. And I think there's pros and, and cons about the American culture, just like there's pros and cons about the Venezuelan culture. Yeah. People think that it's, like, it's all bad or it's all good. No, there's good things. There's yeah, bad yeah. things. I just have to, like, what are the good things from Venezuela? What are the good friends for America? How do I put them together and Exactly, live a happy life? Um. But I think one of the things that made me content is that I was able to find people that, like... Mm -hmm. I was able to understand that, like, a language barrier and a culture barrier Mm -hmm. doesn't... It's not enough for me to connect with people. There's people that I feel comfortable with. There's people Mm -hmm. that, like, I relate to. And Mm -hmm. I've met friends. I've met just close people, whether it's in my job, whether it's UCO, whether it was Tulsa Community College. Like, I am dating an American girl, you know? So, like our backgrounds are completely different and mm-hmm. I still feel happy with where I'm at. Yeah. And it's incredible. So I think that makes me feel content discovering that like people yeah. can break through those cultural barriers yeah. and just be happy with each
0: other. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, I always have to like, I, I feel like I always have to preface this because it's <laughs> so it's so forward, but like <laughs> when will you be satisfied?
1: I don't think... I will ever be satisfied. I don't think anyone will ever be satisfied Mm. about things because (laughs) I think, I don't know, this might be weird because like my mom kind of like said some things that are kind of like around this topic, but it's like whenever you're satisfied, it's good because you're depressed. (laughs) You know, like my mom was (laughs) very like, if you think that you had enough and you're cool with like what you have and you just kind of sit in your room and you can be like, well, I can die now, you know, Hmm. you're not alive anymore, you know? Huh? So you can always find more things. You can always explore more ideas. And that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you can that like you want more money or like one thing. Sure. But like you can always just look for new stuff, you know, from simple things like discovering new music, from simple things like meeting new people. Just yeah. Just I think there is a thing we can never be satisfied about. Mm-hmm. We can never be like, I've met enough people in my life. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: yeah. Sure. <laughs> um and then another sort of weird one, but I I still enjoy asking it. What's the point? <laughs> about. Yeah. What is the point of.
1: Man. About life. Ah. That is pretty deep. <laughs> it's just like. Because we can just be like. We're just a piece of rock in space. Just flying mm-hmm. around with some. Some life on it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of other ones. Yeah. Well, at least I hope there's a bunch of other ones. Sure. Somewhere. But I'm asking you. Um, I think the point is just to. I don't know, man, just live a fulfilling life. Just yeah. be always in search of something that it's good and mm-hmm. that makes us happy as a person, as a community, as a planet. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't think it really matters if we're like insignificant or not, if we are the only life in space or not. Like, I think yeah, we can yeah. just make ourselves happy
0: with whatever we do, whether it's small or not. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um. What advice... What advice do you have for people in general?
1: Just understand other people. Like, understand that, like, be nice. Always be nice. It doesn't matter if the other person is being a jerk to you. Just be nice. Just, yeah. we all have terrible days. People are different. Way different than you. Like, mm-hmm. some people like talking about rock climbing. I don't know anything about rock climbing, mm-hmm. you know? But that's what makes them happy. So, yeah. Just be understanding of other people.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have, like... Calluses on your fingers, you might be pretty good at rock climbing. <laughs> am I try, Or am might fall and die. I don't know. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, you know, hang with the right people and you'll yeah. so. <laughs> Um, and lastly, cake or pie? oh that's hard.
1: <laughs> One it's of the like,
0: hardest questions I ask. Man, it is hard
1: because it's like I, I so this I feel weird that I have to like tie everything to like ah Venezuela and like foreign <laughs> and stuff like like it's like there's no pies in Venezuela it's just cake you know so like mm-hmm. forever I was like ah cakes are great and then I made I tried this stereotypical like super like southern like midwestern like apple homemade pie yeah. by like a grandma and yeah it, it is incredible it was like <laughs> the best thing I've ever had and I was like. So for now, um, even though I've been here for like three and a half years, I'm in the pie team for now okay. because it's something new, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But it might change. Yeah. What is best pie? <laughs> man, I love apple pie and pecan pie. I think those two.
0: Yeah. 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 For now. Yeah. Sweet. Classics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nelson, thank you for doing this with thank me. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Um, Plug your stuff. What do you have going on? Let's see. Um, Saints session. It's a
1: weekly jazz and jazz related event that happens every Thursday in Saints in the Plaza District, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. It's free of charge. So you can just come and sit. I recommend us to like I recommend people to like support the venue and support us by buying drinks and Mm -hmm. always tipping the bands and the bartenders Mm -hmm. and inviting people, spread the voice. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be a people someone that knows about jazz to go there yeah, you can yeah. just go and hang out you know yeah. i've seen multiple people that just like come in and they're like i was not expecting this and then they just sit and have fun yeah and then they come to me and it's like man this event is dope i'm gonna come back and they've come back yeah it's, it's great you know mm-hmm. they don't know anything about jazz they're just kind of like mm-hmm. i like drinking a beer and just watching Enjoying someone cool music. play yeah <laughs> so it is pretty great uh as i mentioned i want to create this uh, safe space for jazz musicians for yeah. art music so and besides that, I'll say follow us in social media at Saint Session. Follow us in OK Sessions. Follow our brothers in Odo Session. And follow me in Instagram or Facebook at Gonzalez 3 Or my mm-hmm. Facebook that has my full super long name, Nelson <laughs> Gonzalez Barreto. <laughs>
0: um,
1: I am trying to post music. I am trying to post a lot of like the stuff that I've been working on. Mm-hmm. I always try to put where I gig and stuff. Yeah. Eventually, I want to be able to like, put together Eps albums. I'm mm-hmm. writing more music, more and more music. So I'm excited yeah. about it. Heck yeah! Uh, what's your like full full name? It would be Nelson Alejandro Gonzalez Barreto.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Santiago Andres Ramones Machado. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's it's a whole thing, uh, <laughs> but it always sounds super cool to have. People. Yeah. It's like whoa, that sounds oh. forward and nice. But yeah,
1: it's... have you ever had to fill out some paperwork where you can't put the two last names because it, <laughs> because doesn't... it doesn't fit?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. This is, this is so dumb, but like, um, so my legal last name is Ramones Machado. Yeah. It's both. Um, that's what's on my driver's license. And sometimes it gets really annoying because if, if it's for like nonsense stuff, I'll just put Ramones. Yeah. Like why do I need to put my second last name? Um, but like for whatever reason, whenever I got DACA, they, um, cause I think whenever you fill it out, it's like. Here's your name, but then what's some other names that you've gone by? Yeah. And so I put, like, yeah, Ramonis Machado is, like... And so they actually put that one as my full last name. And so I'm stuck with both last names as, like, my legal last names. And so sometimes stuff, like, if they check my social security or something, they're like, oh, well, that's your full last name. And so sometimes I'll, like you know, get notifications back. Be like, hey, something didn't line up with your last name. It's
1: like, man, that happens to me with taxes, with mm-hmm. like FAFSA, everything. Because yeah. some of them you have to put the dash, the little like dash between yeah. the Gonzalez Barreto and sometimes yeah. you don't and something. Like. <laughs> and like there was one time or something, I I can't remember what it was. I was filling out some paperwork. I think it was for us It was for a job application Mm -hmm. that it asked me your name as and your social security. Yeah. And like, it didn't fit. Like legit, there was no like capacity Uh, for me to put Gonzales Barreto in the thing. So I ended up being like Gonzales Bar... Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And they were like, this is not your last name. It was like, it is. It just doesn't fit. Just update your page, you know?
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes people have really long last names. Just let us fill out the thing. Or I don't know. I feel like (sighs) there's... Anyways, that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, once again, thank you for doing this with me. Thank you, man. I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm Nelson Gonzalez. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music. Uh, there's all of my singer songwriter stuff, actually on just the main page, uh, just like my demos. Uh, but then you could just go to like the music page and there's like singer songwriter stuff. There's some like electronic composer stuff. There's some power cycle stuff. Um, Stuff with Power Cycle recently we just got on Teespring. And so it's like nice. you can uh you know, I've been designing and putting stuff on shirts. So uh you can go on there and just get like the Power Cycle logo on a shirt, or you can get like uh one of our album covers, which is too many damn cables. And it's just like a whole bunch of cables <laughs> on a shirt. That title. I think it looks pretty dope. <laughs> um and so you can get it like in any color you want, and so it's like they're Fairly affordable and like you're supporting us, so it's like cool. We have merch that you can wear. Or if you like work in IT, um, and like, <laughs> hey, like, what do I do? It's like you can buy this <laughs> mug that just says "Power Cycle" on it, and it's like this is what you're going to be doing most of the time. So just look at my mug and turn your freaking electronic device nice. off and then on because that will solve it most of the time, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is why we're called that, um, and. What, what all do I have going on? I don't know about uh, Norman Music Fest, but they haven't. You're also really. playing in Saints, though. I am playing at Saints in May 7th. Uh, and as we already know, that is a Thursday night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Nelson will be there playing bass. And I'll have a jazz band doing some different stuff than what I normally do. So, yeah, check that out. I was in my podcast with my three things, they shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.